ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. And now your host, Joe Altman. So I finally get to go, I finally get to go solo, which is kind of, it's just kind of nice, I guess. You've um, got the steering wheel. Be careful, buddy. I got, I got the steering wheel. I don't, I don't feel like I have a steering wheel. Um, so today, you know, we've got a lot of stuff that's going on. Obviously, we're not on YouTube right now. Uh, we are on the website. We are on Facebook. We are on D Live. We're on Twitch. I forgot about Twitch. How did I forget about Twitch? We'll see how long they let us last on yeah. Twitch because they're a bunch of pansies. And, and so in the first hour, we talked about we, we, we talked with Jessica Joy, who had, you know, frankly, brought herself up through the fire, right? So she was actively involved in the sex trade, um, in the exploitation that we, that we didn't even know. Most of you don't know how, how significant it is across our, our country. Um, there's a, there's another movie that came out about this, about trafficking specifically that, uh, Jim Caviezel, Caviezel. Yeah, he is actually doing so uh, we'll, we'll probably post that, but I want to start this by telling you that, uh, I woke up yesterday morning to people sending me messages that, Hey Joe, you're on Jimmy Kimmel. I'm not sure that you want to, you, you know, that this was happening. People were like, Hey, nice look. Yeah, night. This is great. Um, so I went ahead and sent that to you, Josh. When you queued up, we're we're gonna. T- th- this is the uh, being on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and I think this is as close to being on Jimmy Kimmel Live that I want to get. But what's that? Ever will be. Ever ever will be. I hope. Yeah. Um, go ahead and play it. Christmas bonus. Santa's coming early this year, and his name is Mike now. I do have to say, his enthusiasm is infectious. We've been doing this show for a lot of years now. I don't think anyone has ever been more excited to be a guest. I want to thank Jimmy Kimmel for having me on. I will take all the hard questions that night. I'll talk about it. You know, I mean, this is this is a blessing. I look at it as a blessing because I think everyone everyone should be concerned here and. Uh, um, everybody in the country. I mean, I don't think that. I know they should be. And uh, so, wow, this, I, I'm, I'm excited. So, well, back to you, back to your show. But, uh, but, it, but I, that is, I'm, I'm really happy right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of funny. I, I started watching it, didn't understand what people were sending to me. And then I watched it, because I, I actually don't have cable. And I try not to watch anything that is, um, a, a leftist uh, radical. I don't know if Jimmy Kimmel is, is radical or, or not. I think he's pretty much in the middle and just tries to be Switzerland. He's a puppet. But, uh, but I still don't watch it, and I, I try to stay off the networks as much as possible just so I don't support it. Again, boycott or boycott is a good time to actually bring it back up again. Um, the show is brought to you by um, MyPillow. You can save up to 66% with the code CD that's Charlie Delta 21 CD 21. Um, you know, I will do everything I can to, to actually support my pillow. I spent a, an enormous amount of money in the last couple of days on the, my pillow website, um, got a bunch of slippers and bought some, some stuff for friends. So it's a good thing to do. So I, I want to talk about what's really happening and the propaganda that happens in the media. There is a, 
Uh, now it's creeping back into our education system. We have universities that are uh, now throwing sit-ins uh, at their student unions for uh, Micaiah. Uh, and Micaiah is obviously the uh, young uh, teenager who was killed in Columbus, Ohio. And one of the things that I know that you guys talked about it yesterday was that LeBron James came out and said with a picture of the police officer and said, you're next. And the dangers of a guy who, frankly, is the biggest crybaby I've ever seen in the NBA. The guy is trash. You want to know what I think? I think LeBron James is trash. Uh, he is effluvian. He is off scouring. He is garbage. And, and people want to, by the way, you can call. It is open lines, 888-441-1121. You can have a conversation with me. Maybe you disagree with me. Um, gone are the days where we have the Kobe Bryants of the world, the Michael Jordans of the world, the Shaquille O'Neal's of the world, the Charles Barkley's of the world. And the one thing that I actually enjoy talking about is how guys like Charles Barkley get in trouble for speaking up. They get called, he got called a couple weeks ago, an Uncle Tom because he, or a traitor to black people across the country. And, and I thought about it and I'm like, Charles Barkley has always spoke his mind. He has always spoke truth. They have never liked it. You can go all the way back to when Charles Barkley got in a fight in a bar and he threw a guy through a plate glass window, he threw a guy through the front window. And he was asked a couple weeks later, he goes, do you have any regrets? This is in his book, by the way. His book is amazing. Do you have any regrets on throwing that guy through the plate glass window? He goes, now my only regret is that I wasn't on the second floor. <laughs> Which, I mean, it, imagine that. He's, he would have rather been on the second floor throwing him out and the guy would have fallen, what, 10, 12 feet. So, but that tells you just the authenticity that you get with Charles Barkley. And while the left runs around creating this virtue signaling on one side and perpetuating this stupid lie about racism running rampant through our society on the other, you can't help but find yourself in the middle going, who is the racist? Where are they? And I think that people are starting to wake up. Black people, white people, Asian people, they're all starting to wake up that the media is just a bunch of liars, that they are pedophiles, rapists, and closet racists. They are everything that they say that they're against. So a couple days ago, talking about the, the racism and all the things that were happening, I went to a event, an event. And this event was for Hope Haven, Rwanda. And the woman that actually runs this, Susan Hollern, who was the founder and the president of the organization. And, you know, Susan does not have to work. Susan is, has been blessed immensely. Um, generational wealth. I don't know what the whole story is behind it, nor have I ever asked her, nor do I even care. But they live in this beautiful ranch in Colorado. And originally, years ago, she went to Rwanda to, and said, I just want to help. I want to help somewhere. And so she decided she was going to help get kids an education. She was going to rise up in Rwanda, a place where genocide happened. I mean, it was a in, in the 90s, there was massive genocide, I think it was 94, massive genocide in Rwanda. Now, I've traveled extensively all over Africa and the Middle East, and I've been to Rwanda, and the people are amazing in Africa, North Africa, South Africa, it doesn't matter where you go, East, West, 
Ghana, Uganda, Tanzania, uh, Kenya, Sudan, Egypt. I guess you guys didn't know that Egypt was in Africa. So I've been all over that country. So I went to this event and every year she tries to do even more. So she has a primary education. She wants to move to secondary. She wants to um, have the ability to have boarding facilities there for secondary education. And so she raises money and she spends 100% of that actually improving the lives and having these young people be a part of um, history. And, and the, one of the things that was said was, I think that we are headed towards a place where one of the Hope Haven students will end up becoming president of Rwanda. And I truly believe it just based on the culture and the ethos of the organization and what, um, uh, the, what she has been able to do. So I was in this room with about 500, 600 people. And the 500, 600 people were all some of the wealthiest people across the state. And they had kids that were from Rwanda and other places that were part of another organization that came and sang and it was a beautiful night. Now, the people that are in that room are the people that this leftist ideology are calling racist. They're the very people that they're trying to break down the constructs of in the United States. They're trying to destroy the constitution, take away the bill of rights, move to the socialist Marxist environment. And so as I look around the room at all of these people, I never at one moment thought to myself that any of these people are racist. They're here to raise money to help build and so not build the school, but add to, to expand the school, to fund all of these kids, these black children in Rwanda. So here, here's what you need to know what happened. And this was the most impactful thing that you could ever I mean, it, it, it actually touched me in a way. I mean, I gave. I gave, we gave generously. Um, we had a table and we donated some things and we did some things. But um, it, it was the having the opportunity, everyone in that room, there wasn't a dry eye in the room when it came to talking about these children and hearing their stories. And so uh, they raised a million dollars. They raised a million dollars in that room. The generosity of all of these people to raise a million dollars in order to help these kids in Rwanda in a country, you know, half a world away. But these are the racists. These are the stories we don't get to talk about. These are the stories that all these people come together. And it's not just over in Rwanda. These are people that literally on a, ongoing basis, spend their time, money, effort, building a legacy to help people in the most vulnerable places, not just in the world, but in their own community. You have organizations locally across, I think, eight or 10 states called ACE scholarships that gives scholarships to have kids in the inner city, right? Black, brown, Asian, you name it, give them the ability, white, but most of them aren't give them a quality private school education when they would never have that opportunity, that they would become a part of the statistics that happen in that environment. You, you, you have something you want to show me? Oh, okay, we got a phone call, but I'm going to wait, wait on that for a minute. So, but we don't talk about this. We don't talk about those people. We let Antifa and all of these people create these false narratives. We let the media just basically bash and destroy everything that our society 
represents while the poor get poorer. While the poor get poorer and why these radicals, these radicals that represent the media companies and the tech companies, they get richer. And do you know what they don't do? They don't give. These aren't the people giving. See, it's the conservatives that give. And yeah, there are some Democrats that give as well, but it's not in their ethos. They like to talk about doing good while they don't do anything. They destroy everything that, that they are come into contact with for the hopes of what? Creating an opportunity. And then in the middle of that, in the middle of that, they go through this process of what? Of saying, oh, poor us. The police are bad. Orange man bad. Everyone's a racist. While people spend a vast majority of who they are in these environments giving back to the community. So it was an amazing night. They raised a million dollars, literally, on stuff that was probably worth, they had an auction, it was worth five grand. <laughs> I kid you not. It was, it was things that they raised $50,000 um, for a trip to Rwanda. Just for somebody to go to Rwanda, $50,000. So they were giving $50,000 to take a trip to Rwanda when you can go to Rwanda right now for probably $800. And, you st and by the way, they were having them stay inside of the same dorms that they have for the primary school education for the kids. Okay, so we have a caller. We're going to bring her in. Kristen, welcome to the show. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for all you do. Um, yeah, so when Jessica was speaking, and thanks for having Jessica on. She's, she's really amazing, very inspirational. Um, so... When she was talking about trauma, it sort of um, reminded me of some things that I've been experiencing over the last year, and but also about a past experience. So I'm a I'm a satanic ritual abuse survivor. Oh wow! And yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't Wait. as bad as some people's experience, but um, it still was. And um, that was 2009. And um, yeah, definitely, you know, a lot of recovery from that um but um when it, they were assaulting us and traumatizing us and I, I couldn't understand like why they would want to hurt us you know and then I and then eventually during my recovery I realized um that the trauma was actually in order to gain control because you go into shock and your your soul sort of leaves your body so that was actually the intention of the trauma was to gain control and you know I'd sort of seen like oh yeah that's what you see in like hostage situations you know where they do something very traumatic and then they gain control of the whole population there and so you know when when COVID hit um, some of and everything this past couple of years um, year or so year plus um, I had some friends saying what we are watching is a trauma installment program and then all of a sudden I could see it. So, you know, sometimes through, through hardship and difficult situations, you really learn, you know, by fire, like you say. Right. And, and I could see, um, you know, like, oh, my God, it is. You know, they're trying to traumatize people. They're trying to traumatize people with fear. And then, and then after George, George Floyd's death, you know, all of the riots. And it was just like, oh, my God, you know, and it did trigger me. It did trigger my PTSD, all of this, you know, so I had to work with that. But um, 
but yeah, just just seeing the massive trauma installment programs happening and and the gaslighting, and it's all it's all about control. Well, it's all and, about gaining control of the population. And and if they can keep you afraid, if they can keep you afraid of what you can't see, and that's that's the thing that I think is most important. They have a virus you can't see, right? Flu, yeah. The flu went away. This actually replaced it, but you can't see it. Racism. Right. You can't see it. You can't put your finger on it. You can't figure out that who that boogeyman is. Systemic racism is even worse because now you're out there searching for it. And when you can't find it, you become frustrated because you feel like then they can tell you that they're hiding it. Not that most right. people are good people, but that they're hiding it. And so now you're afraid of everyone you come into contact with. Now you're divided from everyone. Now, now right. they can, now they can, they can force down on you things like Marxism, socialism, equity, Correct. equity. Think about that. Equity. Equity is the 1% of our country. The 1% of the 1% will hold all the power and all the dollars and all the everything else. And everyone else will be equally broke. That's yes. what their, that's what their plan of, that's what their plan of equity is. Correct. Yeah. And it's, it's really amazing to me. I, I'm, come from sort of a leftist leftist background and it's just amazing to me how many people in you know sort of my spiritual groups different things cannot see this and they're you know fairly indoctrinated into feeling sorry for me that I'm a racist that I don't can't see the you know <laughs> the ideology that I'm like I, I won't touch that with a 10-foot pole I've, I've had my experiences with cults and things I'm, I'm not interested thank you <laughs> Yeah, so it, it so you this was back in 2009, correct? Yeah. So this is not 20 years ago. This is within the last decade or or close to the last decade. And yeah. can you elaborate at all on what you mean by satanic sec, uh uh satanic rituals? Can you oh. give us a kind of a peek into that or is that something yeah, you're comfortable I doing don't know or I'm not brave. Um it let me see if I, well, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically. Um, and I don't want you to be uncomfortable, but I don't, oh, I don't, I don't think yeah. many people understand what you're saying, and I think it's important for them to understand the significance of this, especially today. Yeah, so, so I met this guy that was pretty sweet, and he had these friends that were supposed to be healers. They were a couple, and then... We'd been dating for about three months, and they were they were stalking me actually, um, the couple, and and through the boyfriend too. So, you know, I mean, I can look at where I missed red flags all over the place, right? You know, but I've you know generally, and this is even interesting too because it's like generally when when I went to um, the sexual assault research center of Oregon afterwards, my counselor said, well. You know, they, they used your good nature against you and also some naivete, you know, and, and a desire to have the relationship work, work. But that's, you know, sort of what's happening with Black Lives Matter is also they're using people's good nature against them. So, um, yeah, so I eventually agreed to do a alternative healing session with this boyfriend, and it, it was on drugs, which... It actually took me a long time to, or took them a long time to gain my trust and get me to agree to doing this, to do this to help the boyfriend at the time. 
Um, but once the drugs kicked in, I could tell things were going seriously wrong, but I couldn't leave because I didn't feel safe to walk down the street in that state. But um, there was, and, and drugs is a big thing with satanic ritual abuse, actually. So, you know, that was my bad. I, I fell for it. And, um, but, um, yeah, then they just started getting very violent, you know, sort of, but saying, oh, we're trying to uh, stir up this past trauma in order to heal it in your boyfriend. But it shocked me and it was terrifying. I, you know, felt my soul leave my body. But there's just tons of manipulation and sort of violence and also a lot of satanic energy flying around. I'm fairly intuitive. So how I fell for this again, I, I kind of could see it coming, but I pushed it under the rug and didn't want to see it. Um, so... But yeah, it's um, a lot of violence, a lot of mind control, a lot of, like, yeah, I kind of can see things. So for instance, like in Portland, when everybody was lying across the bridge, you know, for after George Floyd's, Floyd's death, I'm like, oh my God, that's a satanic ritual. Like I could just see it. I could see the energies. I could see the demonic energies. Um, so anyway, yeah, you learn from your experiences. So maybe that's why I had that one. Um it's probably the best I can do to explain it. It's, yeah. I've been working through the trauma, but it's still there. So it's a little hard for me to talk about. So but make like, it, does it, make it felt, hard for you to trust people? Um, well, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's been a long, yeah. It really isolated me from people. So there was a similarity into, you know, what Joy was, or I'm sorry, Jessica Joy yeah. was sharing. Um, so... Yeah, and it's, you know, there's also just a part where I feel like I can't believe I fell for it. But then there's also just still layers of trauma and fear that that come up um, from the experience itself that I'm still working through with EMDR and stuff. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but when when I saw the people kneeling with the Kempty cloths, I, I could, and then later people came out with memes, and I was like, oh good, I, I, people can see it, but I was like, they're kneeling to a dark lord. Right. I could see that. I could see that, and then I was so relieved that other people could see it also. Um, so so one, one of the things that I, um, that to me has always been I want, I don't even know how to say this without just blatantly saying it. I feel like all of a sudden they peeled back the onion in 2020 and exposed yeah. all of this. I didn't know right. that people were socialist. I didn't know that there was a, right. that, that was a big thing in, in the United States. I didn't know that communism was running rampant. I didn't actually even know that Antifa was a real thing. I thought it was just a bunch of guys in the basement that were, you know, running around playing Dungeons and Dragons, acting like idiots, right? <laughs> Dressing up, and every four years we got to put up with with these little clowns. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. But in 2020, it showed its ugly face in a way that I think that most of us did not anticipate. And because of how the media embraced it, I mean, think about that. They embraced it. It felt like to me a sleeper cell. Like I've spent time in the Middle yeah. East and in Africa, and it felt to me as if we were in the middle of a sleeper cell in the Middle East. 
that the, that, yeah. that it was just activated and the people were activated almost as if the schools had said, hey, just lay in wait, do your job. And we saw this infection that happened in businesses across the country, big businesses, small yes. businesses. I, we, I had to fire people, right? I had to fire people in 2020 mm -hmm. because they walked in and said, they wanted to walk in here and say, Black Lives Matter and you know you need to give me a raise. Keep in mind, our company is 34%, 31 to 34, it's 31 now, 34% at the time minority. It still is 70 some odd percent uh, women. And you walk in and say, you better give me a raise because I deserve more because I'm oppressed. And I was like, well, you deserve to go find a new job because now you don't work here. I actually said it like that. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it, it's really sad, but you're right. You, you just have to stand up to it. And what you were saying about sleeper cells, that's really interesting because, yes, my friends were pointing this out too. What is it called? It's, um, oh, there were those, uh, it's like you're brainwashed, but it, yeah, it doesn't, um, there's a name for it. Um, yeah, but you know, like in the military or different yeah. things, like maybe um, there's, there's a program. You know, you install a program and it doesn't get activated until you get the code words, and then all of a sudden the militancy kicks out or the right. murder kicks. Right. In. I forget what the name of it is right now, but um, can't recall it. But yeah, absolutely, it is. And and I I remembered being in. I, I grew up in Portland, yeah. <laughs> third generation Portlander, so. Um, I remember being in junior high and having went to a prep school for a while and having some of my instructors occasionally, you know, there'd be the, the ones that were a little bit more odd, <laughs> right? Um, but they would say things like, oh, 1984 is closer than you think, you know, the book by George Orwell. Right. Like, and, and, and they would they would sort of drop the truth about, you know, communism and how it's coming through the schools. And I remember my dad watching what his name, uh, Yuri Bresmanov in 1983, probably, I think was when he did those, yeah. the KGB defector about how, oh, communism is coming through your schools and your education systems. It's, yeah, definitely 2020 and 2021 are, you know, I guess this is what enlightenment looks like. <laughs> you know, yeah. all of a sudden it's like, whoa. And, um, you know, like maintaining that faith that like, okay, so we're in the middle of an exorcism. <laughs> Everything's being exposed and, you know, stay the course. <laughs> well, and I think, I think it has to be exposed, right? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that you actually um, came from Portland. Portland right now is a train wreck. It, oh, it's horrible. It is as yeah, close I, to I coming. Yeah, I a big grieving process over losing my generational, I mean, you know, third generation Portlander. So that that's my hometown, but I um, don't plan on going there anytime soon. <laughs> I'm I'm actually trying to find it right now, but there there is a video out there of people walking around the streets in Portland, and it looks like a zombie apocalypse. And maybe, oh, yeah. maybe Josh, you can find it. It's people walking around mindlessly walking around mindlessly. And, and yeah, they're, they're brainwashed. I, I, and I was somewhat too. I mean, that's, I guess, how I kind of suffer, you know, got into that situation that started, you know, so traumatic, but really woke me up in, in a certain sense. And then, 
Um, but even, yeah, you know, I was a registered Democrat until until about May. Um, and um, Now how do you feel? You know, just, well, well, you know, changing my registration helps. I feel more aligned yeah. with sanity, um, for sure. And, uh, you know, some of it was with the HR... Six 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 with the contact tracing, and I, you know, my friends are saying, "Look at this! Look at what they're talking about! They're talking about taking kids out of the home." And they said, like, by oh, the way, they they said, by the way, that HR six 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 was a coincidence. Right. Right. It's a coincidence. <laughs> right. It's a coincidence that that happens to align with like biblical teachings and things that have happened across. You yeah, told stranger than fiction, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, they thought that George Orwell in nineteen, the book nineteen eighty four, they thought he was a nut. They, they did. They oh, thought he was funny. a nutball. They did. They did. And they persecuted they him. Yes. And 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 here's yeah, and here's here's another thing that people. There's more of us. Yeah, there, there's way more than us. I think that we're probably talking about 250 million people in the United States do not support anything that's happening. The Pino, uh, Biden, and I'm not going to say what Pino means, but you can look it up, P-I-N-O. I think some of you actually know oh, what that I got means. It. It's like Rhino. Got it. Yeah. 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 Yes. Pino. Um, but uh, they don't support it. I, I, matter of fact, I run into people every day that say that same thing. They go, well, I'm a Democrat. But, and I look at them and I go, but are you really? And they go, well, actually I'm yeah. not. And I go, did you, did you vote for him? And they go, well, no, I didn't. And I go, oh, so, but you, and they're like, I don't like Trump, but I preferred Trump over this mindless bucket of bolts, right? With the yeah, and I, 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 I bought into all of the propaganda about President Trump also for, you know, couldn't sleep for two weeks after he was elected, that sort of thing. And then when I started seeing, you know, so this is the HR 6666, and I wrote to um, Merkley here. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, and Senator, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk to any of those people anymore. But, um, you know, and, you know, wrote in and said, hey, I'm really concerned about this. The languaging's too broad. The, and it just came back. It just smacked of interacting with the Satanists that I interacted with years ago. Um, and it was just like, oh, you're patronizing me. Like, you, you aren't listening to me at all. You're trying to go, nothing to see here. Oh, it's you. No, don't worry. We've always had contact traces. Like, the languaging is too broad. It's too open to misinterpretation. This is dangerous. I'm concerned. You know, and, and, and then it was just, oh, no, 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 little girl. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Don't, don't, no, no, it's fine. We've always, and it's like, no, no, this is different. And and then when Ted Wheeler went on the mayor of Portland um, went on the air and said he saw no reason for for the federal agents to protect the courthouse. Well, moments before that, I saw a live stream of people, try, you know, with a saw trying to cut through the wire, and they're holding, you know. Yeah. Uh, things up above like umbrellas but also i mean those would catch fire with the sparks from the from the saw right going through it but yeah you know just mo moment before ted wheeler goes on and says oh i saw nothing to cause you know that sort of reaction it's like no they're trying to saw in they've already sprayed accelerant on the doors you know they hammered things shut 
or they've done with that people in inside it's at, at one point with people with inside people inside yeah. oh, multiple times multiple times I, I saw a lot of live streams out of Portland it's you know my hometown but um yeah multiple multiple times that happened and and that night I don't know if they hammered the doors but yeah they sprayed accelerant on the the boarding and and had been launching commercial grade fireworks mortars at at the building trying to set it on fire and then Ted Wheeler comes out and goes gosh, I saw no reason for them to do tear gas or for that kind of a response. As he, and, then, and then he was getting, you know, after that, you know, clip that they did, the other people were live streaming him, getting chased by Antifa, berating him down the street and his security guard, and they finally ducked into his building and he was, like, sweating. And, and then the next day, all of the Democratic politicians in the state came out and tried to call President Trump, you know, like a dictator, which is ridiculous because he was way more into um, personal letting freedoms. people do. Yeah, yeah freedoms, freedoms. Yeah. You know, he, it's a he's novel concept. They are. It's a novel yeah, concept. Yeah, they're the ones that are dictating. Kate Brown's the one that still got us back into, you know, masked up and mostly closed. Well, you know, well and, um, I th- and I think that we, we're seeing a disparity across the nation of the red states and blue states. So it's pronouncing itself even more, pushing more Democrats to walk away from being a Democrat, which is good because you, you yeah. we already know what I feel about the Democrat Party. And I think that if you stay in the Democrat Party and you you allow those, those uh, uh, if you support their platform, you're actually supporting all the bad things that are happening. You're, you're almost actually cutting your own throat. It's, it's crazy. Um, I, yeah, once, once I changed my registration, I felt better. I felt more, and you know, and then also, yeah, like I had more of protection against that corruption, you know? So, so that actually did feel really good. And I had to research President Trump a lot before I realized that he wasn't a racist and that he'd done, he'd done so much good for this country. It took me a long time. And then finally, it was just like, I'm like, can I vote for him? And then I was just like, and research, research, research. And finally, it just pops like that's all lies, like the rest of it. And you wow. were, you were red pilled, you know? as they like to call it. You, you got red pilled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And who knew it was actually, even right there in the colors of the parties. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew it was so there? Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah. I, I want to thank you for calling in very much and contributing. I'm sorry that you went through what you went through. I do, I do oh, think that it's, it's really interesting that we have uh, people that are listening that, are, that have the, the similar experiences, right? That Jessica had a bad experience. You had a very bad experience, traumatic experience. And, and, um, it, it probably, I mean, I, statistic, I don't know what the statistics are, but it, it's, it's as shocking to me now as it was a year ago that people are actually facing or have faced the things that you faced. But what is even more telling is that they had to groom you through that process. Right? And I think that's... Right, uh, yeah. That, that to me is yeah, the scariest part. Was- yeah, yeah, you know, and it was, yeah, just realizing, like, all of the grooming that, you know, and looking back on it and going, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, that, this instance where I thought this person was just, you know, they were grooming me, they were trying to get me into this compromised position, um, and, you know, in the acute and subacute stages of trauma recovery, you know, it's it's hard to hear something like this, but, um, you know, so when people would try and tell me this, like, 
six months to a year out, it was hard. It was hard for me to hear because I was still struggling with the PTSD so badly. But, but you know, it it does seem like you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But it was so life and death for a while. It was so life and death for a while, even like during the assaults and different things. You know, so that sort of similarity. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really difficult. But then I. I realized, you know, as as God works and you start learning like, oh, you know, hang in there. And then you start seeing how, how those experiences, you know, make me able to see things more clearly and better right. in a lot of ways, you know. So, and so we're all going through it right now, <laughs> recovering from, <laughs> recovering from um, all of the corruption, you know, and it's all coming to the surface. It really is like an exorcism. So it's, yeah, I just got to kind of remember, you know, shield up, pray, and and um, and remember that God wins. And God always wins. Again, thank you for calling. God bless you. Have a great weekend, and I will see <laughs> hey, you thanks. on uh, on the show on Monday. Okay, wonderful. Right. Thanks so much. Take care. You have a great weekend too. You too. Bye bye. So, there's been a request that I give uh, on one. That I give an update on what where things are going with this. Um, uh, fundraise, right? So the, the launching a new tech company. So I'll give that. And also just an update on what's happening with Dominion. So I'm going to give you an update there as well. So well, I'm going to start with Dominion um, because actually, no, I'm going to start with the I'm going to start with the company, the fundraise. So we are nearly at the end. I'm waiting for some documentation to come back. We've done the audits. We've done all the things that are necessary in order to make sure that we can stand this up. We've put all the bylaws and all the things in place to make sure that whatever investment gets put in the company. Um, I also made sure we're fully capitalized on the sophisticated investor side. Uh, so for those of you that are just joining and don't know about this, uh, we have a $10 million raise, which will lead to a $350 million raise, which will lead to a $450 million raise. And the idea is how do we build an alternate line of technology? Now we've talked about partnering with other companies. So partnering with what Mike Lindell's doing at Frank Speech, you should go over there, frankspeech.com. Um, you should also make, you know, as, as different platforms come up, we should be making different choices. We should get away from the YouTubes of the world, the Facebooks of the world, and have better conversations on places where we feel that we're free. And I don't know if, I don't know if Parler's one of those things or not. We've talked a little bit about it. I've stopped posting for a little bit just because they're doing the same thing about suppressing who gets to see it, throttling. Uh, shadow banning. I don't know what it is. Um, I'd like to say that I want to support them, but at the same time, I feel like I'm constantly up against this this wall that we thought we were getting away from when we were walking away from Facebook and everything else. So, um, so we we have the sophisticated investor side, which was five million of it. We have the other one, which is crowdfunding, which is another five million. The limits actually changed on March fifteenth. We had to su supply and send in all the information related to. Uh, SEC approval. We had to make sure that we got approved on the uh, platform. And then we had to make sure that we had proper documentation and auditing on the financials. And then there was the initial investment. Of, of course, I put that in there to begin with um, and to make it so that that's possible. Now, I, I, I want to be really honest. I could have done all of this without doing the crowdfunding deal. And I could have just walked over to the people that I know that are high net worth individuals. And they would have given me 10, 15, 20 to give me whatever I want. And I don't mean that in a kind of you know, flippant way, but they trust me. Like I've, 
I've, I've done this before. I have a tech company. I, I took it from a cocktail napkin to where it was over nine years, uh, becoming one of the larger first-party data aggregators in the nation with clients that uh, represent every industry. Um, and we have a nearly, I don't want to say zero, that would be uh, fake news, but less than a 1% attrition rate of, uh, of clients in that platform as well. So they know that I understand infrastructure, and so they would have done that. The thing that I thought was interesting and necessary is to make sure that I invited you to the dance, that I gave every one of you the opportunity to become a shareholder in that. So we are almost through the process. We are hoping to have it done by the end of May. We're hoping to launch on May 2nd or May 3rd. There are gonna be limitations to how many stocks you can buy um, in it. We did set the stock at $17.76, $17.76. You will only be able to buy, um, I think 115 shares, 100 to 115 shares. And the reason being is because there is a statutory limit of how people can invest in the company uh, that has to do with what you make versus uh, what you're allowed to invest. And since I don't wanna go through a bunch of red herring documents and have to individually interview everyone, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have time for it. Um, it's not that I don't wanna have conversations with every one of you, I just don't have time for it. And I gotta make sure that I actually do right by um, that investment. So I gotta concentrate on, on nailing some things down um, in the organization. If I'm spending time talking to you, I'm not getting that stuff done. So you have limits there. And then from there, when we do the $350 million raise, by that time we'll have acquired a publicly traded company and we'll be able to do that raise by increasing what we plan on doing it with that in this M&A strategy, mergers and acquisitions for those of you who don't know. Okay, so we're really close. Um, I, I don't want you to, uh, so here's a question from Games Parker. So I was wondering what Bar Ban Bongino talking Rush, taking Rush's spot. Will Westwood Cumulus still have control? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Um, sorry, Gammy, can't answer that question. I don't know. Um, but I, I do want you guys to know that I am taking this, creating this alternate place of technology very seriously. I was involved in helping with um, the uh, hardware that was necessary for uh, Mike Lindell to get that off the ground um, on the hardware side and the COLA locations and how the system would be, uh, the pipe would be set up. Um, but we plan on, again, it's just gonna, it's a patient process. And you guys that have started companies and you wanna make sure you protect it, I'm going through that process to make sure that, and doing my due diligence to make sure I can protect you. Okay, so that's it. Now, got a scooter early. Hey, thank you, appreciate the, the comments. Um, okay, so the next part is Dominion. We, I can't talk about Dominion in one aspect without talking about it holistically, but I'll talk about the Coomer lawsuit just to start with. Um, I, I find it funny. I, I, I find it humorous. I think the whole lawsuit is garbage. Um, I think the truth is the ultimate um, uh, equalizer in this process. Uh, we have had, the, the lawyer did come out and say that we, they wanted us to rewrite our motion to dismiss because they didn't want to have to talk about uh, the things, the indictments of character that were in there about Coomer. Since they're in there, I'm going to talk about the fact that he's involvement in skinhead movement dating back uh, more than two decades. Um, I'm going to talk about the fact that he had a drug problem. Now, I don't particularly think the drug problem is problematic if you become a recovering addict. I think that it just goes to down the line all the things that he had or ha has done and continues to do 
um, related to, you know, uh, being arrested for uh, multiple times and uh, frankly bragging about how he got out of it, which I thought was interesting. Um, so then we can get to the most recent part of Coomer, which is he literally came out and said that uh, everything that I had written and all of these posts were fake, they're made up, that they were fabricated, they, they didn't come from him, which we know that's a lie. Because then he came out later and said, well, what I actually meant to say is that was satire. Now, for some of you that haven't seen it, um, we, I had said that I was going to put all those posts up on a website, and I did, and then my lawyer said, please take that down, Joe. Um, but the second part of not just the post itself, but the things that he had admitted in public documents and, and videos and things that he had put himself out there with them I mean, at Hacker Conference and, um, you know, telling everyone about the adjudication process and, you know, his changing his, you know, what he does for a living. And um, so we basically just spelled all of that out in the motion to dismiss. They didn't like it. They wanted to uh, tell us that it was um, uh, flamboyant or um, inflammatory but they didn't want to talk about the fact that they've done interviews and said that I'm a right-wing conspiracy theorist, which I'm not, um, or that uh, what I said was a lie, which it wasn't um, and isn't. Uh, so uh, we filed that stuff, but then we have to look at the other stuff related to Dominion, and I'm going to go through a couple things. One, in, uh, in Michigan, Matt DiPerno is doing a ridiculous job of uncovering all sorts of things from the modem card that was actually soldered to the the uh, board the uh, circuit board um, to even uncovering uh, irregularities with people in different districts outside of Antrim County then you have what sorry I have to sneeze hopefully that's it um, then you have what's happening in Arizona with the Maricopa County um, election audit. Now the Maricopa County election audit, for those of you who don't know, there is a website that you can actually go to and see it. It is azaudit.org. Now in here, you can actually watch the actual audit happen, um, which I thought was really interesting. And there are nine cameras that are set up and my friend Steve is actually there doing documentary stuff um, there as well and making sure that he can document this, this entire process. He's got people walking around that are taking videos and doing things to make sure that we uh, can get to the bottom of what happened in Maricopa County. Then you have New Hampshire, which they're looking at different voting systems there related to not just Dominion, but I think Smartmatic and ESNS. Am I right about that, Josh? ESNS and Smartmatic, I think, is in New Hampshire. I'll, do I'll double check. Yeah, and so then we have Colorado. So I'm going to really quickly talk about Colorado because we're running out of time. And um, Molly said that she left a message. So if really, if we could play your message, so why don't you go ahead and listen to it if you could. Okay, Molly, we'll try to do that. If not, um, we'll play it later. Okay, so then we have Colorado. So we have an election integrity group in Colorado that's done some amazing things. Dr. Frank has actually come here. He, he I think he's here tonight. Um, as well, um, talking about, you know, all the irregularities in Colorado. Now, here's the interesting part. In Colorado specifically, because I'm here, I've just asked simply that a couple of the counties that should be open to a complete paper ba ballot audit, they're run by Republicans, 
right? So they should actually say, hey, no problem, nothing to see here, let's, let's actually dig in. They're actually fighting those paper ballot audits. They're doing everything they can to slow down and stall what happens in Colorado. Now, what they're saying is nothing to see here. We're the gold standard. They have a bunch of rhinos or left publicans that are stepping into the process as well, and they're creating chaos. And more than creating chaos, they're, they're lying about what the process is in the, in the election process. And they're inserting people into the, the environment, which we know are left publicans or rhinos, to interfere with the, our desire just to get access to it. And then on top of that, they're adding another bigger complexity, which is if you wanna look at it, it's gonna cost you $250,000. So we're, we're dealing with multiple different problems inside of this, uh, 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 of this fight in that we have our own party that's working against us because they're actually leftists, right? They're actually leftists that are, that are dressed in, in saying that, hey, look, I'm a Republican, that don't wanna get to the truth. And I often say that you don't wanna cut the tongue out of someone who's lying, you cut, cut the tongue out of someone who's telling the truth. And so the constant attacks are coming in on me, they're coming in on FEC United, and they're coming on to people that really just wanna to get to the bottom of it and say, listen, this is really easy. You say it's $250,000, we spent $250,000 um, putting shrubberies um, and wasting taxpayer money. Why can't you spend $250,000 to put the taxpayers, put the American citizens at ease if there's nothing to hide? but they won't do it. So that's the kind of the fight we're up against in Colorado. Um, it, it is, it, as, we, as we walk through the process with uh, Dominion, we do know that MyPillow also is suing MyPillow, not Mike Lindell personally. MyPillow is actually suing Dominion for $1.6 billion. Um, if you get a chance to actually go check out, we'll post it inside of the comments, but if you get a chance to go post, or excuse me, read the um, lawsuit uh, by MyPillow against Dominion, it is brilliant and it is spot on to what we're dealing with across the country. So that's Dominion in a, in a nutshell. I can probably give you more information if I, had, if, if I had basically gone through and prepared for it and been able to show you documents and things like that, but I can't. So uh, I don't have it readily available. So uh, ESS, the electronic or ele election ESNS. systems and software logo company yeah. is a is uh, a multinational organization. Yeah, they all are. And it kind of blows me away that we would have a multinational organization in charge of our election machines. Well, which I mean, look, Dominion is a Canadian company. Yeah. That is connected to George Soros. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. So ESS <laughs> does have a headquarters in Omaha, Nebraska. And yeah. And Smartmatic is from the UK. Yeah. Another well, it's not from the UK. It's actually from Venezuela. And well, it's a Venezuelan company. It was born out of Venezuela. So they're Wikipedia. Right. Or Wikipedia I'm sure. Wikipedia. The you know what they say about Wikipedia? Don't it's, believe it's not a factual. Uh, yeah. It's not a factual uh, But that's the one place that I can find where it's at. So I'm sure they're hiding their tracks. But yeah. we can't say much more than that. So I, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for the day. I've got a bunch of things that I've got to get done. I want you to have a great weekend. I do want to tell you that God is at the wheel. There are a lot of different ways that you can support us. Um, obviously, go to uh, uh, Podbean, uh, Apple, Pod, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Pandora. We're on, we're on all of them, right? So download it. Uh, leave us a good review. Um, it is Friday. So I want you guys to have a great weekend. Um, and until I, I'll see you on Monday. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't usually do it at the end. But I'll tell you. Um, We'll miss you, Max. All right. All right. God bless you.